0: Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, woofy Olympic skier Gus Kenworthy isn't keen on Vice President Mike Pence leading the U.S. delegation at the 2018 Winter Olympics. Sir Ian McKellen celebrates the 30th anniversary of his coming out. Two more men have come out accusing porn actor Topher DiMaggio of sexual assault. All that and more on this episode of The Randy Report. Last week, I reported on out U.S. Olympic figure skater Adam Rippon's comments about Vice President Mike Pence, who has a long history of anti-LGBT positions and policies, leading the U.S. delegation to Pyeongchang at the 2018 Winter Olympics. Well, USA Today asked our second out Winter Olympian, woofy slopestyle skier Gus Kinworthy, on his thoughts. Now, to rewind a bit, here's what Rippon originally told the media. He said about Pence... If it were before my event, I would absolutely not go out of my way to meet somebody who I felt had gone out of their way to not only show that they aren't a friend of a gay person, but that they think they're sick. Kenworthy agreed with Adam. He said, I feel the same as him. I think it's not the person I would have expected. And I think it sends mixed messages because this is the first time we're seeing out U.S. Olympic athletes competing in the Winter Olympics. And then we have someone leading the delegation that doesn't support that and doesn't support the LGBT community and has spoken out against it. I think it doesn't send the right message. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. USA Today also asked us how his life had changed since he famously came out in ESPN magazine in 2015. He said, My life has changed, and it hasn't. In some ways, I feel like it's a completely different life and I get to just be myself. In other ways... Nothing's changed. I'm still going to the same ski competitions, still hanging out with a lot of my same friends, and my family's so great. I think that I've gotten to live authentically and share who I really am with my family and friends. It's made me feel so comfortable. I think that it's showcased in my skiing. I feel so free and liberated, and it's one last thing I have to think about, about being in the closet and worrying about outing myself. My skiing has benefited from that, from being free. Gus is currently prominently featured in a new commercial for Head and Shoulders with a rainbow flag. And he's clearly stoked at the LGBT exposure. He said it's the first time that the pride flag has ever been used in a national commercial. So I think that's an amazing feat in and of itself. And it also shows that it's really the world's becoming much more accepting, but it's new. It's new to have LGBT representation in that type of way. So I think that's really important. It helps to be someone that any closeted young athlete or just person in general can look up to and see someone out in their field and being successful and living their life and having good things happen for them and not having a bad experience. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing not only our out athletes but all of Team USA on the Olympics beginning February 9th. You can watch the Winter Olympics on NBC and its affiliated networks like NBCSN, MSNBC. NBC Universo, Telemundo, and CNBC. And speaking of TV watching, Donald Trump gave his first State of the Union address last night. My take? Teleprompter Trump is better than unfiltered Trump. Oh, and not once did he mention the LGBTQ community, so there you go. I will take this moment to segue into a story that I am happy about, and that is is Sir Ian McKellen, who 30 years ago last week, on January 27, 1988, publicly discussed his sexuality during a BBC radio interview. He did so amid a controversy over some legislation in the UK, Section 28, which prevented local authorities from promoting homosexuality back in the day. He was 49 years old at the time, and to commemorate his coming out, the 78-year-old actor sent this powerful tweet, which read, I've never met a gay person who regretted coming out, including myself. Life at last begins to make sense when you are open and honest. Today is the 30th anniversary of the BBC radio discussion when I publicly said I was gay, so I'm celebrating. Good on you, Sir Ian. And might I add that in 2000, just a couple years later, that legislation, Section 28, was repealed. Earlier this year, Sir Ian collaborated on a powerful short film directed by Joe Stevenson for Tate Britain's new Queer British Art Exhibit. In the film, McKellen said, Part of the reason I proselytize, talk about being gay, is because I don't want today's children not to enjoy their sexuality, to be aware of it, think about it, puzzle about it, discuss it, have it out in the open, because, of course, it's central to who you are. Interestingly, McKellen also said that he believes that gay men are more masculine than straight men. Here's that quote. I've probably played even more military men than Patrick, meaning Patrick Stewart, who's a good friend of his. Gandalf is a soldier. Magneto is a soldier. Richard III, Coriolanus, Macbeth. And I think the reason is because I want my revenge on them all. The people who start wars perpetuate them and glory in them. God save our gracious queen, send her victorious? I'm sorry, what does that mean? If that's what masculinity is, then I don't want any part of it at all. I think gay men are more masculine than straight men, because guess what? They love men. So when bully boys say faggot, you say, that's right, I'm with the boys. Sir Ian also has expressed that he does wish he'd come out sooner. He said, I wish I'd been able to come out sooner... Everything in society was against people of my generation coming out because it was against the law to make love. So if every time you have sex, you remind yourself you're a criminal, that's not something you necessarily want to talk about unless you're a really, really strong and brave person, which I wasn't. So I got on very comfortable with my life as an openly gay man without ever talking about it. And most people don't have to, but if you're in the public eye, there comes a time when it's appropriate. I think we should all hail and cheer Sir Ian for taking that bold step 30 years ago. Mad props to a great artist whose gifts are only matched by his incredible courage. Last week, gay adult film actor Tegan Zane alleged that fellow actor Topher DiMaggio had pressured him into having sex the night before shooting a scene. Zane called the sex rape. DiMaggio took a couple of days to issue a flat-out denial but his tweeted statement was soon deleted. Now, the world of porn isn't usually my beat, not that I have a problem with porn, but in this era of the Me Too movement, this story caught my attention for a few interesting reasons. Two more men have come forward now, neither of them are in the porn industry, and both seem to describe similar aggressive behavior by DiMaggio, and both echo similar language used during the alleged assaults. Don't worry about it, it's fine. The second person to come forward is a man who chose to remain anonymous using the name Dan in this situation. Dan shared his story with gay news site Hornet. Here's some excerpts from Dan's story. Things went by, people left the party, and the next thing I remember, I'm alone with Topher in this place. I don't know if I fell asleep and he woke me up, or how exactly I got into this position, but I was in the bedroom, I wasn't wearing clothes, I was face down, and he was trying to have sex with me. Personally, I'm not a bottom. I bottom, but not often. And I wouldn't bottom for this guy. I didn't know him that well. I didn't have feelings for him. I had no intention of hooking up with this guy. I go out, I have fun, I meet people, I make decisions about who I want to hook up with. But this is not somebody I wanted to hook up with. So being in this situation was very jarring. All of a sudden, you catch yourself. You're drunk, you're in a haze, you're naked with a person you don't want to be naked with. And I remember saying, no, I don't want to do this. And he said, no, don't worry about it. And that's exactly the kind of language he said to Tegan, according to Teagan. He was like, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And it's at that point that he inserted himself inside me and started to have sex with me. I said, stop. No, this hurts. And he said, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And he kept going and going and going. And I just remember saying, no, please stop. No, please. And then he was finished. And I was like, well, what the fuck? I didn't really know where I was. I felt like I was stuck there. And when I woke up in the morning, I put the pieces together and it wasn't until I went home and showered and I felt pain that I was like, wow, I need to go see a doctor. So I left and I went to the hospital and told them that I was sexually assaulted by a porn star and I was terrified and I needed help. I wanted to get on PEP, which is post-exposure prophylaxis. I knew I had a 48-hour window. He didn't report the incident to the police because he said he feared retaliation from DiMaggio or his friends. Dan said, my real fear was that I didn't know what this guy was capable of. I didn't know if he had guns or if he was on drugs. And then we come to the third man, who, by the way, was not aware that there was a second accuser stepping forward. The third man went by the pseudonym Brian who is apparently a 33-year-old man who told his story to Straight Up Gay Porn, which is an adult website. Brian says he met Topher at a bar with friends in Sacramento. And here's part of the Q&A from Straight Up Porn. When I first met him, he said, you know who I am, right? And I was like, no, I really didn't know who he was. So he says, I'm Topher DiMaggio from Andrew Christian. I'm the entire brand of Andrew Christian. I made them who they are. And I was like, okay. And as the night went on, there was a group of us hanging out. Topher and I had mutual friends. I remember thinking he was pretty physical, not just with me, but with everyone. It was like this sort of playful banter. But still, it was weird that he kept, like, punching my arm. One of the things that stood out to me from Tegan's story was when he mentioned that Topher was belittling and degrading towards him. And he was exactly the same to me even though we had just met. He had this belittling attitude that Tegan described. I remember I gave him a compliment. It was something about his body or him being in great shape. And he said something back to me to the effect of, yeah, I know, and you're like half my size. After a while, the group went to another club and they found themselves on the dance floor where, according to Brian, Topher apparently pulled out his penis and pushed Brian's head down towards his crotch in an effort to get him to perform oral sex right in the middle of the dance floor. Brian says he pulled back and he didn't want to participate. Eventually, the whole group went back to a friend's house, and that's where the alleged assault happened. Apparently, Brian says he went to the bathroom to go pee, and Topher said, I have to take a leak as well. When they got in the bathroom, Topher closed the door, and he let Topher go first, and he peed. But when Brian stepped forward to take a leak, he felt Topher push him forward against the wall And he landed his face against the wall and he bashed his bottom lip. He later posted a picture of his busted bloody lip as proof, according to him. I realized what he was doing and he kept saying, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then he pulled down my pants all the way. And then I felt him behind me and I realized what he was really trying to do. And I said, no, don't, stop. I kept saying no. Then I said, I don't bottom. I kept saying no. And he was all, don't worry about it, don't worry, it's fine. If I had been able to push him off, I would have been able to escape. I remember my hand going on his waist and trying to push back, but it didn't work. And then he started doing it, and I really couldn't move. We were standing there over the toilet as he did it. It seems like it took a really long time, I think it was like 10 minutes or 15 minutes, and when he finally stopped, he let me go. I asked if he was finished, and he said, yeah, I busted twice. He pulled up his pants and walked out of the bathroom. Brian went on to say he got dressed, went out to his car, and cried and fell asleep in his car. When he got up the next morning to go to work, he noticed his face in the mirror, and he had a busted lip, so that's when he took the picture. He initially only told his mother about the incident. He told her he was raped, but he didn't want her to know he knew who it was. His friends all told him that he needed to call it rape and file a police report. But Brian says it was so hard to talk about because I'm supposed to be a man, so how could I be raped? They told me I needed to file a police report, but I never did. I'm dealing with my own inner battle for months, like wondering, did I insinuate something to Topher that might have caused this? Did I lead him on to, de- to deserve what I got? If I went to the police, I could imagine hearing Topher saying, you wanted this, you asked for this. Brian did go get checked for STDs, and fortunately, everything came back negative. Brian finished telling his story by saying that he's glad this story has come out because this is a real issue that other people need to hear about and learn from. I spent months worrying about my own reputation or how I would look to others if people found out, and I've worried about being hurt all over again. But I've learned to think of myself as attractive again and to love myself. I did see a therapist after it happened to make a little more sense of it, and the one thing she told me that helped me was that I would need to learn to forgive him because if I carried it around with me, I was going to eat myself alive. So I forgive him, but I won't forget. Now, I've checked several sources, and as far as I can see, Topher has not come forward to address these new allegations. I'm not sure what to make of all this, except there are clear similarities in the stories. Others have now come forward saying they know DiMaggio, and the described behavior doesn't surprise them. I would be curious as to what underwear designer Andrew Christian's thoughts were on Topher's claim that he's the entire brand and he made them who they are. Now, I don't have a dog in this fight. I think this is a he said, he said situation times three. I have reached out to DiMaggio for a statement on the allegations, but no word back yet. If I receive a response, I will post it here on the Randy Report. I want to wrap up this report with a bit of sharing, which explains why I'm interested in this topic. About 25 years ago, I experienced date rape. I won't go into the details now, but I will say what started out as a date, I'd gone out with the guy a couple of times, ended up in a frightening, violent vein. I decided for myself later that the guy probably got lost in some kind of SM fantasy that he hadn't run by me. What I do know is my protests of no, no, no fell on deaf ears. He finally finished and fell asleep, but I was still terrified. He lived on Staten Island in New York City, and at the time, I lived in Manhattan on the Upper West Side. I was in a scary situation. It was the middle of the night. I didn't know how to get back to Manhattan. I knew there was the Staten Island Ferry. I didn't know where it ran. I didn't even know how to get to it. But eventually I did, and I just want to say I feel like I have a sense of what these men, if these allegations are true, have to say. Often you hear when it comes on -on man-on-man rape or assault, well, why didn't you just push him off? Why didn't you just push hard or something? In my situation, I can tell you it took me by surprise, which was one thing. And another was, without being graphic, he grabbed a part of my body very strongly, which kept me in check, if you understand what I mean and it made me terrified. I just wanted it to be over. I felt like the only way I could get this done was to get it done. In any case, I mention that because I just want to say I have a perspective on this issue, and that's why I'm interested. What's important is if you or someone you know has been the victim of rape or sexual assault, there are resources available for help, including Rain. R-A-I-N-N, which stands for the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network at rain.org, the National Domestic Violence Hotline for LGBTQ Abuse, the Network slash LA Red, and the Anti-Violence Project for LGBTQ People. I'll make sure that I put links for those in the show notes. And you can also look for more information on the Human Rights Campaign website. I think it's an important topic for people to talk about. As I said, I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't know if all of these allegations are true, but it certainly opens up a conversation that I think that needs to be had. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you click the subscribe button on my page on iTunes. And then every time I upload a new episode, it'll be sent straight to you automatically. Also, I constantly see folks asking friends on social media for podcast recommendations, and I love it when people spread the word about The Randy Report. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I report on the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. That's it for this week, folks. See you next time.